Glory be to the Lamb of God and welcome to Bible Platform. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Once again, I'm your friend Pastor Hans Metal coming your way with the Word of God to energize, encourage, and empower you to be all that God has called you to be and to do. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we lay our lives before you and open our hearts to you. Fill us with the bread of life by the power of your Holy Spirit. Let us decrease while you increase. In Jesus' wonderful name, I have prayed and call it done. Amen and amen and glory be to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Once again, it's my joy to present to you the Word of God. Today I'm going to speak on the topic, Love Grown Cold. Love Grown Cold. I've, as I've said in previous presentations, as believers in Christ, we have been called on to good works. But Jesus says something in Matthew 24, the verse number 12. And I want to begin by reading that scripture. Matthew 24, the verse number 12. Jesus said, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. That's the New International Version rendition. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Here Jesus painted a vivid picture of one of the major signs of the end times. One of the major signs of the end times. Jesus told us, the love of most will grow cold. Many or most people will lose their zeal to walk in love, to do good. And the question is why? His answer is because of the increase of wickedness. We all bear witness. Indeed, that a lot is happening in our world today that is really frightening. Um, things that when we were kids one wouldn't have imagined them happening are on the ascendancy wickedness, evil um, we know for a fact before making that profound statement Jesus Christ made clear that the increase in wickedness was not going to be an isolated incident so, I want to read from verse 10, the verses 10 and 11, then we connect it to the verse 12. Jesus said, and I quote, At that time, many would turn away from the faith and betray each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many. Anytime I read this scripture, I teach on this scripture, I like to highlight the word many. Jesus spoke, spoke about many will turn away. They will betray each other. He spoke about many false prophets will appear and they will deceive many. The many factor. So before we look at the upsurge in wickedness, that already is here with us 
and uh, suffocating many of us out of the desire to walk in love and to do good, I want us to reflect briefly on the verse 10 and 11 of Matthew 24. And the first thing I want us to notice that we are told many would turn away from their faith. You must not be part of that many. That's a huge number. In other words, they either deny Christ or pretend to believe in Christ while within their heart they no longer have any relationship with the Lord. They will betray each other according to the scriptures. Hello, saints of God. Are we not already there in that pool of hatred and betrayal? Jesus warned us that is going to happen. And all because the love of many will grow cold. While the love is going down, wickedness and hatred is going up. Fulfilling exactly what Jesus said was going to happen in the end times. What Jesus said was going to happen in the end times. Now Jesus Christ went on in that scripture to warn us about the appearance of false prophets. The appearance. I love the phrase used in the NIV to describe how they will come on the on the scene. It says, and many false prophets will appear. The word appear suggests to me some um, it implies suddenness. They will just come on the scene without warning. And you if you do a careful study of how false prophets come on the scene, you realize that um, what Jesus said here is a true reflection of what we are seeing today. They just pop up and vanish after they cause the damage and destruction that they are assigned to do by the devil. Because these are agents of the devil. I mean, no two ways about that. Anything that stands against the truth is not of the light. And anything that is not of the light is of the devil. Just that, by the way. Verse 11, B says, they will deceive many. Now I'm trying to highlight these matters because they are key components to what will cause most to lose the appetite to walk in love and do good works. As Jesus said, because of the increase of evil and wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. Those who become victims of deception in, in what we are discussing today can become so bitter. They can become heartless. And eventually, if they don't turn away and submit to the leading or convicting of the Holy Spirit, they will hardly have any room to do good or consider doing any good at all. There are people who have heard stories about false prophets manipulating people and through that manipul those manipulations, some of them have lost families, some of them have lost businesses. So-called prophets have slept with people's wives and cheated people out of their resources and out of their money. Now, when these people come around to their senses and realize that they have been 
taking advantage of. Sometimes they become so so bitter, so cold, so heartless that the, the issue of love, working and love and doing good becomes a no-no for them. It becomes a no-no for them. The world in which we are, we can testify that when you do good to the brethren in the faith and they reward you with ingratitude and betrayal, you might end up taking a position not to bless anyone again, not to help anyone again, not to do any good to anyone again. I'm not saying that is the right way to go, but um, that's a possibility that faces us each day. And I, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, ministering to people, know that this is a reality that we all have to face and overcome. God being our helper. And if you are already there, let me help you out. Let me help you out. You are already taking the position that you're not going to work in love. You're not going to help anyone anymore because somebody took advantage of you or not somebody but anytime you do good to people they reward you with evil so you don't want to even consider doing good to anyone anymore i want to help you out it's not a good stance to take because it will cost you big time if you fail to do the good that you know to do you are actually sinning. Mm -hmm. If you fail to do the good that you ought to do, you know it. This person needs your help. May not necessarily be about money, maybe some counsel. You have some experience that, that can enrich somebody. But well, you lay your life on the line for somebody or some people somewhere in the same, in a similar situation or circumstance, and you ended up being trampled upon. So you decide, I keep to myself, each man for himself, God for us all. That is not Christianity. That is something else. I don't know how to describe it, but that is something else. Now, let me read from the book of James. James chapter 4, verse 17. James 4.17 Anyone then who knows the good to do Let me take it again. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sin. In other words, he's sinning. That is what I call double jeopardy. You did good. And you were rewarded with evil. So you take a stand never to do good to anyone, no matter what the circumstances are. And that stance positions you against God. That stance makes you a sinner. So why don't you walk out of it even as you listen to me today and say to yourself that no matter what it's going to cost me for the sake of Christ and his kingdom, I'm going to go back to my first love. 
Revelation chapter number 2. I'm reading from the verse 2 to 4. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men. That you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet, it's for something's gone wrong. Yet, I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. You have forsaken your first love. The things you have suffered. Probably the insults, the ingratitudes, the blackmails, the lack of appreciation has positioned you, has caged you, has enslaved you, and made you to take that hard position, stance, that you will never do good to anyone. Sometimes it may even relate to or have to do with people in your own family. People are people. We are we 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 are all fallen species of Adam. And so we are all liable to do these evil things. David said, In sin did my mother conceive me. So good brother and good sister. God has sent me to bring you out of that spiritual captivity. It's a spiritual captivity. When a child of God takes a stance that you have done what you could do and people have uh, taken you for granted, so you are not going to help anyone no more, you're not going to listen to the promptings of the Spirit, and do the good that you know to do. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. It's a wrong decision. And I appeal to your spirit. Really taking my time to appeal to your spirit. To make a U-turn. He said. In the book of Revelation chapter 2. That I just read from verse 2. God knows. He knows. Who you are, what you have done for people, the sacrifices, the sleepless nights. I'm a pastor and I know at first hand how ungrateful I've prayed for people who had mental problems, people who have serious issues, life and death issues. And God, in His mercy, had intervened. Some of those people today, the things that they can say about me, my praise God, that won't stop me from doing the good that I know to do. Because it will hurt God. It will hurt God. Don't let what people do to you dictate what you do for God. I want to repeat that. Don't let what people do to you dictate what you do for God. Do right because it is right to do right. 
cold love is a product of increase of that's what Jesus is telling us in this scripture. That because of now, let me give you an example. For instance, in some of our communities in my nation, now you cannot if you're driving a car in the night and you see somebody, for instance, flag you and pretend, or maybe it may even be real, indicates that he's suffering or something, maybe need medical attention, so need a lift or something. Many people, including myself, will have to think twice. Because there are criminals out there who, who pretend to be... Um, seek and do all kinds of stuff by the roadside and can take advantage of you and harm you. So this increase in wickedness obviously is affecting the way that we respond to suffering and need. Given that as it may there is still space for us by the leading of the Holy Spirit to do what we ought to do to help who we have to help. That the name of Christ will be glorified. So, let us not use the bitter experiences that we have suffered to take a definitive stance that we will never do good again. That word never becomes a problem. As much as it lies in our power and the opportunity is there for us to do good, we must do good. We must do good. Amen. Don't be a victim. No matter what men have done to you. My big brother, I have, I have one biological brother. I love him so much. Is called Joe Metal, um, also known as Bobby. He loved to, he reads a lot, and he loves to send me quotations from some of the things that he picks along as he, he reads. And recently, he sent me a quote. I want to share that quote with you because it relates to what I'm sharing today. He sent me a quote from something he read. Um, he didn't say who said it. But this is what he said. Never seek revenge. For the rotting fruits will fall by themselves. I want, to see, I want to read it again. I love it so much I put it down. It says, never seek revenge. Never. For the rotting fruits will fall by themselves. So I'm saying to someone out there. Whose love ha, ha, has grown cold because of the increase of wickedness in your space. Never seek revenge for the rotten fruits in your life will fall by themselves. My dear, it is important for us to remind ourselves that some of the greatest blessings that we experience are a direct result of good works. And so failure to do good works means we close the door on the rewards associated. Possible rewards associated 
with good works that we can do. Don't hold back. I'm saying that when the opportunity presents itself and you have every reason to believe that God wants you to show love to someone, don't, don't look at what the person is capable of giving you back. Most of the people that we need to help are people who may never be able to give back to us. Because those who are able to give back to us, in most cases, don't even need our input. Galatians 6, 7 says, A man reaps what he sows. This is to buttress the point I just made. That when you fail to do the good that you have to do, you close the door on the reward that comes with that good. Because what you sow, you reap. Job chapter 4 verse 8 says this. Job chapter 4 verse 8. And those who sow trouble, reap it. Those who, told, who sow trouble, they reap trouble. So if you sow good works, you will reap good works. Let those who choose to reward your good works with evil do what they want to do. It is not in your place to seek vengeance or to reward them in equal measure with the evil that they throw at you. Leave it to them. Uzziah chapter number 10, the verse number 12a. Uzziah 10, 12a. These are scriptures I love so much. It says, sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love. If it's about your husband, your wife, your children, your friends, treat them right. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Let them think they are cheating you. Let them think they are abusing you. Let them think you are stupid. Because you are doing the right thing. Because you are doing them good. And they are undermining your every effort. They call themselves friends. Yet in their hearts of hearts, they do not wish you well. They, don't, they cannot define your destiny. Impossible. As long as you pursue righteousness, you are in track with God. You are under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Because righteousness in itself is of God. It proceeds from God. And so don't hold back and think that because of what they, they think about you or what they do to you, you cannot assess the blessing associated with good works. I want you to note some difference as I read again Hosea chapter 10, the verses 12a and 13a. The verse 12a says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap the fruit of unfailing love. Then you come to verse 13, the first part. But you have planted wickedness. Now he's talking now about those who do evil. But you have planted wickedness. You have reaped evil. You have eaten the fruit 
of deception. These are two categories of people. One chooses to sow righteousness. He reaps the fruit of unfailing love. God's unfailing love. And I'll tell you why. You will draw to yourself those who God has assigned to be part of your story. Many times, we are anxious to keep people in our company who by divine um, arrangement or, or ordainment are not supposed to be part of our journey. Remember, everyone is with you and with me only for a season. Somewhere along the journey of life, somebody will have to leave. It's either me leaving or them leaving. Separation is a necessary evil that we must accept on this side of heaven. And beloved, having said all that, these are evil days and the love of many is growing cold. Love towards God is growing cold. Men are becoming very evil by the day. Even in the house of God, evil and wickedness is celebrated. But it didn't start with us. And it's not going to end with us. We can't stop it. Jesus said it's going to happen. We must learn how to live with it and rise above it. We can't stop evil. Jesus said it's not going to come down. It's going to go up. And so to try, to try and, and delude ourselves into thinking that somehow things are going to get better in terms of human behavior, I'm sorry, it's not going to be. It's not going to be. Because you no one can contradict the truth of the gospel, the words of Jesus Christ. They are here and they are amen. Set aside, sealed and delivered. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word remains constant, saith the Lord. So, beloved, Jeremiah 23, 11, what do we see? I read Jeremiah 23, 11. It says, both prophet and priest are godless. Even in my temple, I find their wickedness. It is being fulfilled in our day. In the days of Jeremiah, Jeremiah was talking about present tense, things that were happening in his day. And it's right in contest with what we are seeing in our day. I love to read it again. Jeremiah 23, 11. Both prophet and priest are godless. Even in my temple, I find their wickedness. You see, and so because the first great commandment Jesus said is, I shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy might. Because that first great commandment is violated, the second that is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, is diluted. 
is diluted. God is calling us back to good works. God is calling us back to our first love. God is calling us away from revenge and taking revenge and carrying bitterness in our hearts and stifling the flow of the Holy Spirit. Romans 12, 17. Do not pay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. Now, that doesn't simply mean that you do the right things and everybody is going to applaud you and say you are, what you're doing is right. I tell you, some people have eyes. I don't know how it sees, but I know for a fact that somebody's, somebody may have a high that may never see anything good or right about you. If you are fortunate not to experience that, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. But I tell you what, I know that for a fact. Because I lived through it. I'm not talking about an experience peculiar to unbelievers. Because if I say that, I'll be deceiving you. And then what will happen is that you have expectations that will not be met. You come into the reality of the house of God. And if you don't take care, you will blame God for things that he's not responsible for. There is hatred in the house of God. There is jealousy in the house of God. There is unforgiveness in the house of God. All the things that you see out there in the secular world are present in the house of God. Why? It's the same human beings. It's the same human beings. And God will only Recreate us according to the measure of our yieldedness to his spirit. So don't expect too much. Otherwise you hate too much. Are you understanding what I'm saying? If you expect too much, you hate too much. Give everyone the opportunity to be who God has created them to be. Trusting, hoping, praying that by the grace of God we all come to a better place as we grow together by the grace of God. Before I round up this session today, I want to read Romans 12, 9 to 13. Romans 12, 9 to 13. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual favor. Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction faithful in prayer and listen carefully to the verse 13 and I end on that note 
share with God's people who are in need. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Your friend Pastor Simeti saying be at peace with yourself. Do the good that you ought to do and may great harvest of God's goodness be your portion. Till I come your way again next week, stay in his love. God bless you and bye for now. Bye.